Hey there, people-powered business community. Are you ready to transform the way you handle difficult conversations in your business? If so, I'd love you to join me for the Mastering Difficult Conversations workshop that I'm running next week. In just three interactive online sessions on the 18th, 20th and 22nd of March, you'll discover your unique leadership style, you'll master the art of impactful communication by learning the translation code, and you will build your personalized difficult conversations framework. Imagine tackling tricky team talks with confidence and ease, all for the special price for you listeners of just $47. But hurry, spots limited to ensure that we have an engaging experience for everyone. It's time to go from overwhelmed to empowered and lead your business with confidence. Just head over to peoplepoweredbusiness.com.au forward slash workshop to secure your seat now. Welcome to the People Powered Business Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Lee Billet. If you employ staff, engage contractors, or rely on people to help deliver your products or services, you're in the right place. Join us each week as we dive in to uncover what makes people tick, learn the best strategies and tactics to build an amazing team, and most importantly, discover how you, the business owner or leader, can unleash the power of your people to help create the successful business you deserve. Let's get started. Well, hello, Christy Lee here and welcome to episode number 166 of the People Powered Business Podcast. It's wonderful to have you here today. Hope you're having a wonderful day, whatever you're up to listening to this podcast episode. This morning before recording this episode, I've been out for a run. The sun is shining. It is a great day all around. So I hope you are also having a fabulous day. Now, I'm curious about something today. Have you ever, I guess in your life generally, been sort of traveling along, walking around, totally oblivious to something. Like maybe you've spilt something on your dress or your shirt and you have no idea, right? You're walking along, zero idea until someone sort of points it out. Hopefully someone that's very kind to you and close to you. And then suddenly you're made aware of this kind of faux pas or thing that you were totally oblivious to. Has that ever happened to you? You know, maybe you've got food stuck in your teeth at a restaurant or something like that. If you can picture that situation, and I'm sure it's happened to you, certainly if you've got children, it's happened to one of your kids for sure. What happens the moment you become aware of this issue? Just put yourself in that particular position Because I'm sort of willing to bet, really, that you did something to change the situation, to uh, clean yourself up, to go and get changed, uh, whatever the situation is. The second you became aware of it, I'm willing to bet you did something to make a change. And whilst that sounds like a slightly bizarre start to the conversation on the podcast today, bear with me. Often here on the podcast, I chat about themes or topics that for some reason, some inexplicable reason, keep showing up for me, whether it's a consistent theme that keeps coming up with my private coaching clients or with our members of People Powered HR or with my consulting clients or with leaders and experts that I'm speaking to generally to gain their knowledge and wisdom, or even in the content that's randomly showing up in my feeds. And this week's episode is no different. And I want to start by sharing a quote from Sheryl Sandberg, who you're all familiar with, no doubt. 
And it goes like this. We cannot change what we are not aware of. And once we are aware, we cannot help but change. So just like the scenario I was asking you to cast your mind to at the beginning of today's episode, we can be walking around oblivious to something, but the moment we become aware of it, we immediately seek to change it. And if we reverse engineer that, if we want to make any kind of genuine change in ourselves, in our businesses, in our lives, we firstly need to build awareness. And that's really what I want to unpack today, because in order to improve our leadership skills, our management skills, be better bosses, that often involves change. But change is impossible without awareness, right? So today I thought I'd chat about how aware you are of your leadership strengths and blind spots, how we can go about creating better awareness of our current skill set, and then what to do with all that newfound awareness. And then I want to map that over really to our teams, because I think the exact same can apply when it comes to our people. So I wanted to start off today's conversation by asking you to have a little think, whether you're out for a walk, walking the dog, maybe taking a break from work, maybe working whilst you're listening to this. I can't listen to podcasts while I work. I don't know whether I've shared that before, but I get distracted too easily. So I'm not one to be listening to podcasts whilst I'm working, but maybe you are. But whatever you're up to, except of course, if you're driving, in which case I want you to concentrate, I want you to think about the last time you really put some thought to what your strengths are as a leader, as a business owner, as a boss, and where your blind spots might be. Because to be honest, we get so busy doing all the things that we often don't take time to think, reflect, consider how we're doing. But then I know for many of you, you dwell on this and you think about this all the time. A lot of my private coaching clients spend a lot of their time really concerned about their blind spots in leadership and sometimes actually don't pay enough attention to their natural strengths because we've all got them. So have a think about it. Have a think about what are your strengths and blind spots. I'm also sort of going to pose the question to you, do you have people around you who can help inform this information for you, help sort of shine a spotlight, I guess, on what your strengths are and where your blind spots might be. Some people that really have your best interests at heart, that are experiencing you as a leader or have seen you as a leader. Because having those people around you can actually be massively beneficial, but it's essential that they have the right intention. I know for me, when I had my large consultancy practice, I had certainly some members of my team who I could trust that when they were giving me feedback about my leadership, they genuinely had the best interest of my business and me at heart and were not telling me my blind spots to be critical or negative, but purely because they could see things I couldn't see. And I have to say that this can be uncomfortable work sometimes. We don't want to admit that we're not so strong in some spaces or that these things are problems for our team. But when we know we can really trust the people giving us the input, it is super valuable because we all have the blind spots. None of us, none of us are perfect when it comes to being a leader. And actually for me, and I don't know whether you will experience this as well when you create this awareness, having this awareness, creating this awareness in myself 
actually gave me a massive sense of freedom. It was like a weight had been lifted off my shoulders because once I had this awareness and you once you've got this awareness, it's actually very hard to ignore, I think. I mean, some people do, but I think it's hard to ignore. It, it sort of was a, a sense of freedom for me because I could own the things that I was naturally going to default to, and I'm going to talk about that in a little moment. But I could also own the parts that were actually a challenge to me. And once I had some language around that, and that's part of the process as well, I could actually say to my team, this isn't something I'm so comfortable with, so please let me know if, if, if this is happening or if I'm not clear or um, if this isn't landing where it needs to. I could own that with my team and, and acknowledge that this is out of my comfort zone. This is something I'm working on and this isn't something that's coming easily to me. And I think when we can own things like that with our team, it actually has a beautiful ripple effect because it makes our team comfortable to own the things that they aren't necessarily strong in. It creates a real sense of trust amongst the team. So I actually think it's very powerful in the right circumstances to own with our team the things that aren't coming naturally to us and that we may need some support. And of course, for me as well, I really started to step into the things that come very naturally to me. And I make a lot of jokes about it because sometimes it's not not always the pleasant part of leadership that I actually can do okay at. Because what we need to understand is creating this self-awareness means we are going to find out our strengths and we're also going to find out the things that are our blind spots that we're not good at. And this is not about right or wrong. We all have skills and strengths and we all have blind spots. And creating awareness around these is the only way to build and develop our leadership skills. So if you're listening and wondering, okay, good, I get it, but how do I build this self-awareness? Because it's, it, it can be hard to do this on our own. And it's not something that I think we can do, actually, when I think about it, entirely on our own. I think we need people around us to help with this. So yes, self-reflection is really important. If you haven't really sat in to thinking about what am I good at? Where do I naturally sit? What do I struggle with when it comes to leadership? Do some of that work. Some of you might like to journal. Some of you might just like to think it through and mull it over in your mind, take some notes And really pay attention, I think, when you are practicing your leadership, when you're managing your team and giving directions and doing all those things, pay attention. What feels good, what comes naturally and what's hard? That's going to tell you a whole lot, just your natural instincts. And as I said, getting feedback from various places is very, very valuable. You've got to trust where the feedback's coming. You've got to trust that the feedback is coming from the right place. Like your your husband or wife may not be the best person to give you feedback on your leadership skills if they aren't involved. Like that is true that they may not be the best people to give you that feedback. Maybe you need a coach or a mentor, professional development. Maybe it is your team members. Maybe it's mentors that you've worked with that were previously your managers. It could come from a whole range of places. But one of my favorite ways to create self-awareness and really shine a light on things is assessments. Now, I don't mean a test, don't panic. 
But personality tests, psychometric assessments, those kind of things. Now, if you've been a listener on the podcast for any length of time, you will know that I am a massive nerd when it comes to these kinds of assessments. I studied psychology at university. I have a deep interest in human behavior and why people think the way they do. I'm obsessed with it. So it's no surprise that I love these assessments. And there are loads of them. There are loads and loads of different ones. I know people that sort of profile their leadership style based on their Enneagram uh, profile. I actually don't know the right terms for Enneagram because I don't use it a lot, but it doesn't matter which one you use, whatever resonates with you. With the clients I do private coaching with, currently we're using the DISC assessment. Now, I have not been a massive DISC advocate for a long time, you know, Probably 10 years ago, I would have said, don't use DISC. It's not the right assessment because I was deep into some very high-tech, deep psychology type-based assessments, which I still think are very valuable. But what I am loving about DISC now is it's so accessible and so easy to understand and really quickly creates some common language. So what I thought I'd do today is just run you through the four key types of DISC profiles to see whether any of these default leadership styles resonate in terms of these being maybe your natural default settings, I guess, or areas you may struggle in. I'm going to share with you my DISC profile as well. I'm going to get a little vulnerable. So the DISC is basically broken up into four key quadrants. You've got D, I, S, and C. It's an acronym. Um, D is direct or dominant, I is influential, S is steady, and C is conscientious. But I don't think those words actually really do them justice. So a D disc style personality, and, and if it's your personality, it's your leadership style as well. Our Ds are assertive, results-driven, direct. They're our risk takers, and they're happy to make the tough decisions. High D styles don't have a lot of time for the fluff stuff or the extra detail or the story behind the story. They may roll their eyes uh, and they just get really short-tempered with it. And I can say that with all honesty because I am a high D style, (laughs) probably no surprise to anyone that knows me. I'm direct, I am assertive, I am results-driven and I'm not good with the fluffy stuff. And I had to learn that when it came to managing my team. I had to really try very hard to lean into some of the other disc styles when it came to leadership because it was not my default position. I don't have a lot of time for time wasting. <laughs> and if you're a high D, you will resonate with that. Now, our I styles are our charismatic, outgoing, enthusiastic, influential leaders. These people love social interaction. They are excellent relationship builders. You will find them swanning through the room of a networking event with ease, something that terrifies me personally, and able to strike up a really great conversation with anyone. They lead via influence. It's a great leadership style to have. And and I think all leaders need to learn a little bit of the I style because it's very influential without being direct like a D. I often see leaders that have come through their careers in some kind of sales or marketing environment into senior leadership as being quite high I style. So it's a very good leadership style. The other quadrants we have are our S, which is steady. I also see the S as a little bit social, actually. They're patient, 
cooperative. Your S styles are very reliable, very, very reliable. And they're peacekeepers and nurturers. They may not love change as much as our D's and our I's, and they like things to be peaceful and calm. So they're always trying to sort out problems, our steady people, which make some of the leadership tasks they need to do quite confronting for an S style when you need to drive change and you're a high S very, very challenging. You might find yourself resisting that. And when there needs to be confrontation, that is something if you are a high S style, you will find difficult. So our S's are very steady, very reliable. We can trust in our S style leadership. And then the final quadrant in it is our C's, our conscientious leaders. Really, for me, a C-style leader is detail-orientated, systematic. They're into the data. There will be a process for everything that they do, and they want you to follow that process. If you need a procedural-type leader who is systematic, methodical, meticulous, look for a high C-style. Now, listening to those descriptions, you might immediately say, oh, I am definitely an I-style leader awesome. Or I'm a D style leader like me. And like I said, once I had this awareness and I've done lots of these assessments and there's all different words for the style that I am, but in the disc world, I'm a high D. Once you've got some language around this, you may feel the same way I felt. I had a real sense of freedom because I can laugh about it and own the fact that, yeah, I can be a pain in the backside because I'm a high D and I'm not good with the fluffy stuff. I'm not great with keeping the peace because it's not my natural default. I'm not a great nurturer of people, actually, which is weird for someone that studied psychology. But I can tell you it's the prime reason I didn't go on to become a psychologist because I knew that I didn't have that in me, which sounds awful, I know, but it's true. It's just not my natural default. I have to work on that. And whilst I can actually be quite data analytical, as a leader, it's not my default. Now, here's the thing. You're probably listening to this and saying, I'm a bit of this and I'm a bit of that. And yes, you are. Almost always, we are a mix of these kinds of styles. And no matter what profiling tool you use or assessment tool you use, and there are loads of them and they're all amazing, you will find that you are a mix of different things. Some things come more naturally and some don't. And when I use this with teams of leaders, I absolutely love seeing the light bulb moments and the realization of, oh, this is why you frustrate me. Or this is why I can't get the detail I need from you because you're sitting over in D&I land. <laughs> you're not sitting down in S&C land and giving me detail. And so as an example, a team I worked with last year with their core leadership team, there's three in their senior leadership team and they all have different profiles. And they were wondering why when they started working with me, they were wondering why they couldn't seem to quite get on the right page. Like they all had the right intentions. They're all very skilled, professional people but they were almost at loggerheads in some cases when it came to leading the team. And there was a bit of unintentional undermining going on. And it's because all three leaders had completely different leadership styles. And once we shone a light on that and they became aware, a few things have happened. One, they now have a greater self-awareness of each other and their natural strengths. But two, and I'm thinking of one of these leaders in particular, the moment they became aware of their blind spots, particularly around, in his case, the I's and the S side of things. He was a high C, very detailed and very D style as well and very direct. 
as soon as he became aware that this was not his natural default, he has done the hard work to lean in and develop those skills and his team are noticing it. They're actually telling me, you know, we're seeing the effort. He is trying to do these things. He's having different conversations. So the team notice straight away. And what I do find is once you've got this awareness to help you really flesh it out and develop your skills, coaching, mentoring, professional development is where it's at. Leaders that invest their time, energy, and money in that do much better, much faster, just like that client I was just sharing. So let's assume you've got this newfound awareness. What do you do with it? (laughs) Because it's not great to have it and not know what to do with it, right? So my first suggestion is don't do nothing. Don't stick your head in the sand and say, yep, I know that, but I'm not going to do anything with it because what a total waste, right? So do something with it. At the very least, with this awareness, do some work on the areas that you know are your blind spots. Be really conscious of when they pop up and how you can navigate them and own the the sort of skills that you've got that are your strengths. Own them. Really lean into that because it's going to really cement your identity as a leader. I love creating language around this. Like I said, with my team, I was able to create the language to say, this area is not something I'm comfortable with, or this is new, or I'm trying to do this. So that I could say to them, naturally, I would do something else. But I had some language to be able to say, this is new, help me out here, call me out if it's not working, or I'm not doing it well enough. And having that language amongst the team, I find incredibly powerful. And all the teams I work with, having that common language around this kind of thing massively beneficial. They will call people out on different things and it helps to create that culture of accountability and trust. And most importantly, if you don't know what to do with your newfound awareness of your leadership skills and your blind spots, get some support, get some help. There is loads of options out there for you. Reach out to me. We have private coaching programs. We have team coaching programs. We can work with you, but get some support from someone who you feel aligned to work with. It will be hugely beneficial to your professional development and to the success of your business. So today we've chatted about becoming aware of your leadership strengths and blind spots, knowing how to create that awareness, and then, of course, what to do with that newfound awareness. But I want to also encourage you, before I wrap up today, to map this information across when it comes to your team. How much awareness do you have of your team's natural skills and strengths and blind spots? Because again, until you create awareness, you cannot affect change. And if you're just bumbling along, thinking things are okay, but with really no awareness of your the individual team members' innate skills, abilities, desires, passions, strengths, weaknesses, you can't affect change to help I guess, flesh out the best in that individual. So map this information across. Look at creating awareness for you around your team and also helping them create self-awareness for themselves so that they can start to do some self-development. If you can create that from a top down, the ripple effect is going to do amazing things for your business. I hope you've enjoyed that conversation on the podcast today. As I said, I often chat about things that seem to be just showing up in my world. And this is a theme that has been showing up 
over and over again recently. So I thought it was a good one to have a chat about. If you'd like to ask any questions or continue the conversation, please join us in the Facebook group, HR Support for Australian Businesses. The link, of course, is in today's show notes, wherever you're listening to this episode. So thanks for joining me today. It's been great to have you here on the podcast, and I'll be back again next week with a brand new episode. 